I never thought of myself as being a storyteller, but I guess I am because when I'd go out birding on the weekend and I'd come back and share my pictures on Facebook and tell what I learned and what I saw, I guess I'm being a storyteller in that way. Many people have told me that uh, they never paid any attention to birds until I started uh, sharing on Facebook. And so that always made me feel glad that I had done that. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed, as always. Super excited because we get to have incredible conversations with amazing educators around the world. And actually, today is a very special treat because today we get to talk to probably my most favorite educator of all time. I had to take a little pause there, right? And just figure out how exactly, you know, do I want to um, introduce the amazing Kelly Preheim? Um, and just for context, you know, I reference Kelly all the time. We have, in fact, done um, a podcast with her um, before about her work. Um, but the reality of it is she is hands down probably one of the most remarkable educators I've ever had the privilege over many, many years to get to work with. And I know I'm embarrassing Kelly a little bit here, but the reality is, you know, Kelly has been an elementary teacher for 37 years. She's currently a kindergarten teacher in rural Armour, South Dakota, which is where I met her many years ago. And what's amazing about Kelly and the thing that we've talked about before is the fact that she incorporates the thing that she loves in life, her passion, if you will, to do. And that's all about birds and nature and the environment into the curriculum that she teaches um, her kindergartners through transdisciplinary problem-based learning using um, STEM to encourage, uh, STEM and STEAM, to encourage children to be curious explorers. And most recently, Kelly was the 2018 recipient of the Presidential Award for Excellence in Math and Science Teaching, and I was super proud to get to be part of that. And most recently, the 2022 National Geographic Governor's teacher fellow um, who chose um, as her expedition travel to go to the Galapagos Islands. And so, Kelly, welcome to the program. Thank you. I was very glowing, uh, <laughs> glowing uh, recommendation there, Annalise. Thank you. You are very welcome. It is all it is all meant. You know, and today I'm super excited because we're going to talk with Kelly actually about her most recent experience um, as part of that National Geographic Governor's Teaching um, Fellowship cohort and about the incredible experience that it is. But before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of that, Kelly, I want to just sort of talk about and acknowledge a little bit about the fact that oftentimes um, we have these incredible teachers and so there's this 
this dichotomy or this sort of stress, I guess, if you will, around, you know, putting yourself out there and applying for these things that are really exciting, but they're going to, they, they translate into an experience that you have the ability to bring back into the classroom and sort of balancing the everyday sort of pieces that you're doing. And you are no different, right? Because I've had many conversations um, with you around, hey, let's do this thing. Why don't you try this thing, right? And it's not always easy. So let's start with talking about how do you you sort of push yourself to step out of your traditional comfort zone as a teacher? Well, usually what happens is someone contacts me and says, hey, you should apply for this or that. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding? No, I'm not going to do that. But then I think about it for a while and I think, am I going to regret this someday when I'm retired? And I think, why didn't I apply for the Grosvenor Teacher Fellowship? And so then after thinking about it, I then I decide I can step out of my comfort zone and try it and I can apply. And if I don't get it, I don't get it. But at least I applied for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is scary, right? But I mean, you know, and yes. the reality is the, you know, the 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 Grosvenor's teacher fellow, it's incredibly prestigious. It um, you know, we had another um episode recently that we had a conversation with a, a an Einstein fellow, so it's very very similar sort of process. And yeah. you know, these experiences can be um life altering for many of the folks that participate in them. Um and because I have had the privilege of seeing Kelly's photo in her postings um, about this experience, I sort of suspect that's the case. And because it ties so beautifully the expedition that you chose to do with your passion in the classroom and all the work that you do with your your kiddos and the birds, um, you know, that made it a sort of special opportunity for everybody involved, including your kids, I assume. Yes, like today, uh, I brought them to the Promethean board and we were going to do a science lesson and they're like, show us the Galapagos pictures again. Come on, I want to see those again. I'm like, just wait. I'm about ready to do start my big student project and we'll start off with that again. And uh, so they are, they really did enjoy it. You know, as a rural South Dakota kindergarten teacher, I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought that I'd be able to travel out of the country on a magnificent ship to a magical island. It just, it still blows me away. And, and when I think about it, it just means so much. <clears throat> and while I was there exploring the islands, you know, uh, I just felt all this wonder and enthusiasm that it kind of made me feel like a kid again. You know, I just was doing all these cool things that I never, never thought I would do. And, and so the Galapagos, were a ma- it was just a magical place for me, you know, and as the birds, but also all the other animals and you know, I've never been on a ship before, and uh, I've never been to the equator, and so there was a lot of interesting things. I didn't enjoy the long plane ride, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, it was really long. Um, but anyway, just like each day was as wonderful as the next as we explored the islands. I just, I loved it so much. It was mm-hmm. just so amazing. Yeah. And then I totally understand why the kids, kids love it, and, you know, I love the, the, the thinking about the fact that it, there was so much wonder for you and because I got to sort of watch it not quite in real time but almost because I talked to you before and you know certainly when you came back and and I knew what that experience was going to be because I've been to the Galapagos as well mm, um, right. but you know the thing I think that I love the most is the fact that you got to go and to your point be that kid again but almost all the things that make 
kindergarten kiddos so incredibly wonderful, right? Because there's almost everything you do in kindergarten, you're exposing them to new things, right? And that wonder happens every day in your classroom. And so I just love that you got the chance to go and be a kindergartner again yourself. Hey, I like that. That's a great, great comparison. Yeah, um, I think that you did. So I want to dig in a little bit, Kelly, and let's talk about the process of becoming um, a National Geographic Grosvenor's Teacher Fellow. Because, you know, once once you sort of make the decision as a teacher, hey, you know, folks are recommending, I'm being encouraged to do this thing. But then there's honestly, there's a lot of work to this. And you kind of built up to this you know, on um, on the backside of not just the the National Presidential Award for Excellence in Math and Science Teaching, but some South Dakota state accolades as well. And so there was this sort of buildup for you. Um, so I want to talk about some of the process pieces or some of the things that you might really think that it's important for folks to know. Because at the end of the day, we want to encourage other teachers to take mm-hmm. advantage of these kinds of opportunities and this one in particular. So can you walk us through that just a little bit? Uh, Well, yeah, so the Grosvenor Teacher Fellowship was named in honor of Gilbert M. Grosvenor, and he was a chairman of the National Geographic Society, and he did a lot of work with supporting pre-K to 12 teachers. And then uh, he became friends with the Lindblads, Fen Olaf Lindblad, and uh, to Mark Grosvenor's 75th birthday, uh, Sven Lindblad, he decided to make room on his ships for teachers. So that's kind of how it got started. And at first they just took a few teachers. And then this last time they took 50 teachers um, for the two. Actually, we were 2020 teachers, but uh, we had the pandemic. So for two and a half years, we didn't get to go. Uh, But they kept educating us and we were doing more and more classes. But anyway, so... Uh, some of the things we had to do were, oh, let me think. Well, we had to have a resume. And so my resume had, was pretty good by this time because I've done a lot of talks about this. And I, I put a lot of work into trying to get others as crazy about birds and nature as I am. Uh, they have us uh, complete a course, the National Geographic Teacher Certification Course. Uh, then we had to create a video of ourselves, like using our phone. Uh, just talking about uh, why all the things we've done and why we would be a good choice. And so that was a hard one for me. I think it took me 16 takes to get one that I could even stand. But uh, (laughs) anyway, so I did that. And then uh, you apply in the fall, and then you find out in February by a phone call. And I'll never forget that day where uh, my husband had just had surgery, so I had to stay home with him the next day. And we were kind of glum that day. It was a cold winter day. And I said, look at this. I'm getting a phone from Washington, a phone call from Washington, D.C. What's going on here? And I said, I'm not going to answer it. And then he said, you better answer it. Didn't you apply for something? And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I answered it. And they said, you know, that I uh, asked if this was Kelly Preheim. And I said, yes. And she said, uh, you need to go sit down because you are our next Grosvenor teacher fellow. And I couldn't believe it. And then she said, you know, all the, the sites that you recommended you'd like to go to, you're not going to any of those. We're sending you to the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> you know, I, I want, whoops, I wanted to choose um, some that I didn't have to miss school for. So I chose the ones that had summer expeditions. And anyway, I had to miss some school, but it was worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so bad. 
It was and completely so, worth it, Kelly. It was worth it. Yeah, thanks. And so we didn't get to meet in Washington, D.C., but if uh, I think they're still doing that, that the, the next Grosvenor teacher fellows you meet before the expeditions as a cohort, and then you go to Washington, D.C. to the National Geographic headquarters, and then they, uh, they, they train you and teach you. I really wish I could have gone and done that, but uh, with COVID, we couldn't do that. But um, yeah, and then you, and then there is preparation beforehand, you know, you take that course and then you get together as a cohort on Zoom meetings and then they educate you on, you know, how we talk about the Grosvenor Teacher Fellowship and the media part of it and uh, just a lot of things that you need to know. Uh, Yeah, we waited a long time. So when I got there and I was finally in the Kodiak raft and they're taking us out to the ship. Boy, I was having a hard time not being too emotional to finally (laughs) get to that ship. It was very fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So let's, let's um, talk a little bit about the, the prep course piece, because I do want folks to really understand there were there were a lot of moving parts as you just went through, but uh, those moving parts were really intended to sort of help you be prepared. Um, not just for the expedition, but, you know, everything that could come after um, as it relates to the experience that you've had and the opportunities then that that experience then translates into your classroom. And one of the things that I love about um, this particular experience, which is different than some of the other um, experiences that teachers can go off and do, is that, you know, this one is of short duration and it's not intended to take you for a long time, many, many weeks, for example, or an entire semester, or even a whole academic year out of the classroom. Because some of them are, are, are designed like that. They pull a teacher out, they do this big thing, and with hopes that the teacher will go back to the classroom. This one is really intended to be a smaller moment that has a more immediate impact in your your day-to-day classroom, your teaching experience. And so I'm super curious about how the prep coursework that you did um, sort of set the stage for what you were going to see when you got there and then how you, as Kelly Preheim, the great bird teacher that you are, sort of internalize the day-to-day pieces that you experience on the expedition. Because I know you, you were thinking all the time, not only about how cool that thing was, but what can I do with this? You're right. I was thinking the whole time. And so every evening I would journal on my day one journal and keep as good of notes as that I could. Um, So one of the things they teach us is uh, about these three parts, like these three mindsets that we need to keep in mind, the explorer mindset to help teachers make the most of their expedition and integrate that spirit of exploration into teaching, because that's something that is sort of different nowadays when kids spend so much time on technology, which I love technology, but there is a balance there. And uh, so they're not going out and exploring like they used to. And And so then there's also the storytelling mindset um, that's, that they were teaching us how we could create powerful, purpose-driven stories using a range of media so you can effectively share your expedition experience. So we would take courses where they would talk about storytelling. they talk about, you know, taking uh, certain kinds of pictures and how we would 
we would use those pictures to give a, a broader um, explanation of where we are and also um, to develop new ways for students to engage with and strengthen their skills in themselves so they can become good storytellers too. And uh, then the other strand would be like the leadership strand. So this also supports the teacher by leveraging my skills and experiences and networks to grow as a leader. So we all network together, our cohort. And it's interesting how we all help each other and give each other ideas. And, uh, and that's something new for me, I think, is that leadership strand. And then also becoming an ambassador for the place that I visited. So they want to try to help others to understand the interconnectedness of all of us on the earth. You know, uh, so if we can teach the geographic skills to others and help them understand the importance of converse, conservation, uh, because really when you think about migrating birds, you know, when they're here, I sort of think of them as my birds and that my birds left. But really, these birds are flying down to Central America and South America and all these habitats along the way. They need to be intact. And so we all need to work together. And the same goes for when we were there. We noticed they used some kind of special camera to look at the beach. And there were all these little microplastics out on the beach. And yet they're so secluded and far away from, from where there are a lot of people. So uh, our plastics are somehow getting all the way down to the equator, to an, a secluded island. So, so that's kind of too bad. But anyway, so so those are some of the things that they teach us. We really did quite a quite a bit of coursework, but it helped me in a lot of areas. It just really opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't know about. In terms of topics or in terms of um, content that you could bring into the classroom or some combination of the two? Uh, kind of a combination, but just thinking about being a storyteller. And I never thought of myself as being a storyteller, but I guess I am because when I'd go out birding on the weekend and I come back and share my pictures on Facebook and tell what I learned and what I saw, I guess I'm being a storyteller in that way. Many people have told me that uh, they never paid any attention to birds until I started uh, sharing on Facebook. And so that always made me feel glad that I had done that. Yeah. I think there are so many elements or aspects of, <laughs> of that work. And I'm certainly over the years, you know, as I've watched the different things that you've been doing and, you know, the after school program and your chickadee um, bird club, you know, those, those elements. And, and I think that, you know, just to sort of set some context for our listeners. So, you know, I, I, because, you know, I do make reference to you frequently actually on this program. I don't necessarily always call you out by name, but folks have heard me talk about, hey, this, this teacher, who's so amazing because she loves birds but but what's really cool about that is she's she's managed to get all these kids to love birds who otherwise would have you know seen a bird but maybe not really thought much about a bird and the thing that's most remarkable is these kids keep coming back right so she has this after school program and you know it's not just the kindergartners it's you know the the kids come you know and and they come for years and years <laughs> um but that's not always the case, right? And the other thing that I love about that is because you've developed such a mixed age group and their passions that they have, which obviously they're absorbing in part from you, um, that, you know, they're also not shy about being in mixed age groups, especially as they get older. And that tends to fall away for lots of kids. So what's the magic there? Because I think it's all rolled into the entire conversation we're having today, Kelly. 
Ooh, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a passion for birds. Um, I'm not sure, but when we are together on Mondays, so I have 44 students now in our small, small school, and they range from kindergarten to eighth grade. Oh, that's not even counting the kindergartners. They just have their own. They're too tired to come to a bird club after school, but first grade through eighth grade has 44 students. And uh, when we're together, well, we I split them into two groups now, but when we're together, I mean, it is just a buzz. Everybody is so happy and they're all talking birds. I can't barely answer all the questions. It's just so exciting. I love, I love my time with them. Um, and then I love taking them out on field-based, you know, like going birding in town. And then at the end of the year, we take a birding trip to the local dam the, uh, where we have a wooded area that we can go birding. Mm -hmm. And that's something they really love. They do. The pictures are, are wonderful. I always love them when, when I get to see them. But but that's I guess all of that is my point, right? So your your classroom and the experience with students is very action-oriented. So I'm super curious about the sort of action components from your experience mm -hmm. on Galapagos um, and through um, the Grosvenor's um, teacher fellowship. What did you bring back to your classroom? What 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 have you been specifically doing this year? as a result of that experience that you didn't do before? Uh, well, I spend more time talking about being an explorer and that sometimes you might feel scared to go do something, but you need to sometimes step out of your comfort zone and do that. But we're also talking more about observation. And so I have to have a student action plan when I'm done. So this is a two-year commitment. Uh, you have a year where you're preparing to go on your expedition. And then you have the year afterwards where you uh, come up with a project. I'm not quite done with it yet because I can't figure out what to do for my big, big ending piece. But uh, so what I plan to do is really work on those strong observation skills and acute awareness of nature. And I've always done a pretty good job of that, but this year I'm really working on it. Um, so one of the things we're doing is comparing the Galapagos animals to some of the South Dakota species. And so I have about a dozen. So for example, the double-crested cormorant, <clears throat> I have a picture of it next to the flightless cormorant. And then we talk about what we see. And then I show them more pictures of them and we talk about, well, you know, this one's flying, but I don't see any pictures of this one flying. Does it fly? You know, things like that. So we talk about, oh, this one's eating fish. Well, this one does too, but it's also eating an octopus. And so we talk about how these animals are the same and how they're different. And I'm trying to teach deeper thinking skills where we, we can just have a discussion. Even in kindergarten, they are able to do that. It takes a while to get it going. Uh, and to get everyone to participate is tricky. I'm also going to work on the value of sketching and taking field notes, which kindergartners can't do the field notes, but they can tell me what to write. And I can write that in my book. And then they're going to have, I ordered these cute little books that they, they can go ahead and draw the picture in. And we'll take that with us on our field experiences. And then, uh, of course, I'll teach them about birds. Um, and then I'm going to put a little more effort into the conservation efforts. So with young kids, I try not, I don't want them to worry about birds, you know, but I can still, I talk to them about Galapagos and what a great job Ecuador has done, done to uh, help conserve Galapagos Islands by making, you know, most of it a national park 
and then the, the strict rules they have about their national park. So a lot of, a lot of components there um, for kindergartners. Yeah. See, that's the reason why I think you are such an amazing teacher, Kelly, because that's a lot. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I didn't even tell you I'm going to do some e-birding with them. So they're going to uh, help me keep a list of how mm-hmm. many of each species we see. And then I'll submit it to eBird as our class. It can be our class total rather than mine. I love that. They, they have ownership they in that. That's spectacular. They're already counting birds, so they might as well count them for a reason. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it gives them a context for it. I love that very, very, very much. Um, you know, sort of as we, you know, sort of think about um, the sort of wrapping the conversation a bit. I guess one of the things that I know um, that folks that are listening to this are really um, sort of wondering, I guess, is, you know, as you work on sort of the next steps, um, you know, and you think about the, I mean, a two-year commitment is a lot. And I, and I, and I wonder if folks really sort of understand what you sort of got yourself into. Um, and obviously it was a really powerful and exciting experience, but I'm curious about, you know, what would, what would you tell another teacher that was contemplating sort of running down this path? Oh, I would tell them it's definitely worth it. And it, uh, I think that, you know, at first it seems a little bit daunting, but once you get going, it's really, it's just so much fun. I've enjoyed the whole process and I just learned so much about myself. I learned so much about, about the earth and, um, I think that it, I think they would really enjoy it. And this two years is not too much. It actually was more than that. So they cut it down to two years and it's just, I think that's just right. And then also, you know, bringing back my other experiences uh, that I can share with my students, like being on the ocean and seeing whales and snorkeling and kayaking and hiking up volcanoes and uh, seeing all the other amazing animals. And then these animals had uh you know, the ecological naiveness, they were not afraid of us. They just were there and we could get a good, good looks and great observations. So, yeah, I think, uh, of course, that's about Galapagos, but these adventures are great. And uh, I, I don't know, that was a, it was a life, just a once in a lifetime experience. I would really encourage teachers to give it a try. Mm-hmm. And whether it be this or something else, but just any sort of opportunity to to have a field experience, um, whether it's in the field in nature or in the field in you know some other environment, but just to go out and try new things. Um, yeah, I love I love the way you very very deliberately bring those components back into the classroom. And the last thing that we haven't really talked about, but I'm super curious, is so what has the interaction then been with your fellow teachers? You know, as you come back from this experience, what's what what is what is all of that about? What what is that reception? Because sometimes, right? And I I've had conversations with lots of teachers that have had the chance to do these things. It can be daunting. And it can be daunting for others, right? Um, because sometimes folks internalize, oh, then we, we, we're all supposed to be doing this thing and I don't really want to do that. Or I'm curious about sort of what that experience has been. Well, they've been very supportive and they, they enjoy hearing my tales. I felt like at first I was talking too much about it, but I was so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they've, I think they're interested in it. I'm trying to encourage them to also apply. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody should. And what about same question then, Kelly? What about uh, what about the families and in the community? Because I have no doubt, actually, your kids go home and they chatter um, about Ms. Preheim and Galapagos and you know whatever it was that you were talking about during the day. I mean, it's always been the case with you and your kids. Um, but I'm I'm curious about has there been a response to sort of this the sort of added insight that you're now able to bring into your classroom experience from the families? Do they get it? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, they've, I've gotten a lot of great responses from my students and even from my uh, bird club kids. Their parents are, uh, they're very impressed. Uh, and that's another piece of the being a Grosvenor teacher fellow. Now I need to go share it out in the community. And so my next big thing is, uh, is I did a, I talked to a women's group in town, but I need to also do a community uh, talk. So pretty soon I'll do that and invite people to come see my slideshow and I'll talk about Galapagos. Uh, but the kids, the kids really, they get their parents jazzed up about it. And I think that they, they're really appreciative of it too. Yep. And then the last pieces then um, in terms of some of the work is, so you do your community talks and um, you are actually going to be um, a presentation at South Dakota's Ornithologist Union meeting, which is a kind of a big deal, right? You're the keynote, I believe. I am. I can't believe it. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> I just found that out yesterday. So, so lots of big things coming because of these experiences. And I guess really that, that was my point of wanting to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you is that as, as educators, when we open ourselves up to really incredible possibilities, um, you know, even just the process, um, you know, to your point, you know, of going through the applications and whether it, it worked out and you had been selected or not, so much was learned through that. Um, you know, I have no doubt. And then, you know, being able to have the 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 experience itself is really really meaningful um and so i want to personally thank you for uh, you know for putting yourself out there on behalf of the children that you teach um and then also being willing to share with the rest of the world what those experiences have meant to you you're welcome and thank you for saying that i um you know, I guess I just have this really strong feeling that I want to make a difference in the world and I don't want to be forgotten someday. So I'm just going to do everything I can to make a difference and help the kids, help nature, help the earth. Just have to do what I can, right? A hundred percent. Well, and you know, the kids don't forget. That's the reason in eighth grade, they still show up for the Chickadee Bird Club, Kelly. So uh, <laughs> let's be really, really clear. You're making a difference. Well, thanks. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Kelly, for taking time out of your afternoon at the end of your school day uh, to have this conversation with us. I greatly, greatly appreciate all that you do um, and for the conversation. And thank you for the kind words and for listening to me talk about this most awesome experience. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to your next adventure because we'll have a conversation about that too. I'm no doubt. Oh, really? I didn't even know I was having another one. I think you have many adventures still left in you, Kelly. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, 
and lean in to reimagine education. 